All right, we are recording. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Oh my goodness. Welcome to Yip Podcast. This is Mary. And this is Tammy. Yip. And today on Yip Podcast, um, who are we, who are we, oh, we're listening to Anasma, the fabulous French belly dancer. Wow, was that <laughs> that was my accent? very very bad French accent? Nice. I, I was kind of a mutant accent, really. I don't know what that was. I apologize. <laughs> I, I feel bad now. <laughs> uh, my my experience with French accents is watching Maurice Chevalier in um, Gigi. Little girls, they get bigger <laughs> every day. They grow up in the most alarming way. All right, all right. He's so, so uh, dirty. Dirty old man. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Okay, you're creeping me out. <laughs> Marie Chevalier. For reals. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> but Anasma does not sound creepy. She's a totally, <laughs> totally awesome accent. Moving right along, though. Tammy, we can't talk about this anymore. I'm no, sorry. no. <laughs> to go for it. Uh, let me know what's going on with you. Oh, uh, not much, really. You know, some model living, but besides... <laughs> for reals, we are totes getting hardcore in shape for our Unmata adventure. <laughs> Even though it's months away, we need to start preparing now. Yeah. So, yeah. So besides that, uh, let's see. Oh, on our Facebook group, uh, Mary, you posted something very interesting. I did. I remember posting it. <laughs> It, well, it was interesting to me. It's just asking where they heard about Yip Podcast, where our listeners have heard, were they? You know who they are. The man. <laughs> and they heard about it when they tapped our phones illegally, like they hear about everything else. <laughs> That's right. Write your congressman. Uh, where our listeners heard about us. So I, I like that uh, you also left the option open that maybe we came to them in a dream. If we did, I'm so sorry, because I'm sure we freaked you out. I had a weird belly dance dream the other night. I was at a pool, and I was with a troupe I used to be in, Black Bee, and we were all there, some kind of party, and on one side of the pool, there was a sports bar with a bunch of random guys, and on the other side of the pool, there was a hotel, you know, sort of, you know, a nice-ish hotel, and on one, one of the short ends of the of the pool there was like just some hedges and on the other short end of the pool there was like this chain link fence and then there was this big drop off and there was like a freeway it was like ew, gross <laughs> and then one of my former troop mates suddenly wandered around the edge of the sports bar and was not wearing a top and she was like oh, i lost my bikini top um <laughs> and she just sat down at the edge of the pool like totally boobs out and was like <laughs> and then another troop member loaned her uh, spare, really, really ugly, like bathing suit top is very strange. And then there was a crazy person who was like kidnapping children. And then I woke up. Who was it? It was Laura. <laughs> it was Laura. <laughs> <laughs> it was our makeup maven. I told her about it on Facebook. She was like, were the guys in the sports bar hot? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, you know what's funny is um, I feel bad. Okay, so Claire, who I co-host Carney Guest with, yeah. uh, she told me this weekend, she's like, hey, I dreamt about you the other night. I'm like, okay. Whoa. And uh, <laughs> she goes, yeah, it was really weird. She goes, you were teaching my friend and I to belly dance. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, she's like. She goes, yeah, uh, we came over to your house or what I assumed is your house or whatever it'll, to learn. And um, she goes, we started dancing. And then you said, oh, you need to take your tops off. And I uh, made them all belly dance uh, topless. So, well, so you apparently guys do there's watch a lot, a lot of, of carnival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some got some cooch dancing going on there. <laughs> so maybe it's something with uh, belly dance dreams and going topless. I Oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, Claire, if you didn't want anybody to know that story. <laughs> it's too late now because apparently I didn't edit it out. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> so like what else? Okay. So anyway, so as far as I can tell, none of our listeners said that we came to them in a dream. But it was uh, kind of cool to look through and like people have found us in so many different ways. Uh, some people got our business cards. So yay, business cards. Woo-hoo. Others found us through Carolina and Mega. Well, Carolina's blog when we interviewed Carolina and Mega. 
Uh, others through Amy because we interviewed her, her um, studio. Obviously, she must have mentioned us. So, yay. That's Umada, Amy. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, like we're besties. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. I am <laughs> not so cool tonight. Okay. And then um, other people just like looked up Belly Dance Podcast. Some people found us through iTunes. Um, okay, I don't know if we've ever shared this, but when we first started Yet Podcast, like every couple days or every couple weeks, we'd Google Belly Dance Podcast <laughs> and see how many pages we had to go through to find our podcast. And we'd be like, dude, we're only on page three. And then it was like, oh my gosh, we're on page two. And they were like, we're on the first page. Well, I Googled us the other day. And when I Googled us, we were second right after Radio Bestet. <gasps> nice. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I, I, I'm proud to be second to them. They're awesome. Totes. Um, some other ways, uh, word of mouth, which is cool. And some people are like, hey, I know you. That's how I knew about the podcast. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't shut up about it. So I was like, fine, I'll cave in and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I know for the longest we were like, okay, hello, two people that are listening to us because we're forcing you to listen to us. Yay. And I found out later one of them wasn't even listening. <gasps> Rude. <gasps> I know. <laughs> My heart is broken. <gasps> you don't want to know. <laughs> It's so painful. Is it Bethany? She still doesn't listen to us. Gosh darn you, Bethany. I love you, but <laughs> listen to your freaking podcast. Uh, she's the focus one. We just get too silly. She grates on her probably. And she's so sensible. She really is. Uh, the other thing I have to talk about is tribe. There is a tribe out there. I think Mary and I were trying to remember. I think it was called What Were They Thinking Tribe. Yeah, we used to talk about it quite a bit. And now it's called thought-provoking belly dance costumes which i love that new name so i was perusing that and it still gives me great enjoyment to look at some of these um interesting costumes uh one in particular is called kiss of death oh gosh it's so horrible it's so horrible uh we obviously will link what to this are people picture thinking yeah it it's like red and gold uh, sequins and <laughs> it looks like it's got like two gold lips over the boobs and a gold lip over the the belt is like another region big mouth <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that the one that's just one big mouth yes holy mother of pearl <laughs> and what did somebody suggest someone said wear this with a song kiss kiss for extra points <laughs> <laughs> um and if you've been belly dancing for any amount of time you should know the song kiss kiss <laughs> if not, <laughs> it doesn't matter where I go, I hear that song. Oh yeah, it's a staple. Um, but yeah, that was that was probably like my favorite. But there are some hot messes. What's the one they drew on? <laughs> that was like they called it the weepy. <laughs> No. And it's just one of those ones that looks like the bra has eyes. And so they drew a little sad face. <laughs> Can you imagine like if you spent 40 million jillion years beating your own cabaret bra and belt, which some often people will not often some people do because they're insane. You people are insane. Yes. And then you finish it and you step back and you're like, wow, that's gorgeous. And then slowly a picture starts to form in your mind and you're like, good God, what have I done? It's come close before, I'll tell you that, where I've looked at it, I'm like, uh, you know, that looks a little... I Either it's too much on the nipple area where I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. you don't want to necessarily draw attention like right there and um, or it just lo starts looking like a face. <sighs> so really, they really have no other recourse than to sell it on eBay. Just get <laughs> rid of it. Shay, I, I, I don't have the blog post in front of me, but I think a while back she actually had something like knowing your tribal costuming because <laughs> she was going on ebay and just typing in the word tribal oh that's always fun you're oh, like oh my gosh it was like wow. i mean some of those weren't even cabaret they just weren't even belly dance costumes and no. it was just uh, well it's, you get a lot of, like salsa stuff too yeah so some of these i'm just like Ooh. if you haven't looked through this tribe in a while i suggest <laughs> you might lose a couple hours but go through look at the thought-provoking uh belly dance costume tribe it's worth it so mary what's going on with you all right so i was looking through a couple of blogs dance nerds unite posted by sarah mcfall and this was last year so long ago 2011 
it was a her post was basically just to link to another person's post a, a photography post called uh, dancers among us by jordan matter apparently he's this uh, photographer that photographs dancers a lot in everyday situations so it was like a dancer listening to music at the library except she's in a split and everyone's like whoa or a dancer sitting on a park bench except she sort of leapt up and it looks like she's hovering in the air you know it, w- it was really interesting there i don't know 10 or 12 pictures i also was looking at uh dancing with a spatula wand the blog by the blue fairy and this was posted in early january and she was just talking about um you know winding down from christmas and from yule and and um how she thinks there should be a, a new Wicca holiday called uh, Pound a Kilo Waya. Because <laughs> it's got pound and it's got kilo in there. Uh, quote, to satisfy all metric and non-metric believers alike. <laughs> and she wrote a poem, which I'm going to read because I really thought it was funny. Upon waking on Pound a Kilo Waya, all shall set up their altars around their scales. A banishing ritual shall be performed, after which point there shall be the reading of the set-up instructions by the priestess, followed by the priest chanting the sacred unrhyme. O great lord and lady, may we cleanse our bodies, may we find harmony on the scale, and may we get this damned thing to show my BMI. By the power of frickin' fire all to heck, why is this thing blinking? All I want, mighty gods, is to see my weight. What do you mean, entry not recognized? Screw you, evil electronic spawn of digital madness. Blessed be. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been on one of those scales that's so technologically advanced you can't figure out how to make it work? Mine airs out if I'm like fidget just a little bit. It'll air out and I'm like, am I that big? (laughs) (laughs) It's a sign to give me an error message. (laughs) I think most of the standard ones go up to like 400 pounds. I think you're safe. (laughs) I think you're safe, Tammy. Some days when I'm bloaty, I don't feel so (laughs) safe. You're like, (laughs) I've broken my scale. (laughs) I know. Anyway, so that's fun. I I like that blonde dancing with the spatula one. The blue fairy is funny. Um, I'm not really going to talk about this other post, even though it sort of sparked a thought, because I have had this earworm going on with Hot Shell Ray. Have you heard the music by Hot Shell Ray? <laughs> yes. They have like, okay, their big hits right now are, what, Tonight? Tonight? I don't know. Whatever. The word's Tonight in it. And then the one I can't stop listening to is I like it like that. I like it like that. Yeah, windows down, chilling with the radio on. Anyway, so now whenever I get home and it's time to like clean the kitchen, I've been cleaning the kitchen like every day, by the way. You know why? Because I want to avoid cleaning the rest of my apartment. It's been working so far. My kitchen is spotless. Anyway, I put on my favorite dance pants because work's been very stressful lately. And my favorite dance pants are my stripy pants, which I'm wearing yes, right now. Yes, I love them. And I put on this song and I just kind of booty dance in the kitchen like three times through the song. Nice. Yeah. And I get a little bit of work done and then I actually stop dancing and get some work done. But that's sort of been my de-stressor routine like the past week. Booty and dancing you know, is good for the heart. Yeah. <laughs> booty dancing, my favorite belly dance pants. To Hot Shell Ray in the kitchen. Anyway, I, I saw the post by Tempest that she put up um, November. Yes, you can, but should you? Music where she was talking about, man, you might really love a song, but should you really dance to it? And I know, listeners, I know I'm not going to do belly dance. But briefly, briefly, a couple days ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a choreography. I'm going to make Tammy and Bethany learn it. It'll be awesome. We'll be hair tossing and I'm like sticking our didn't boobs share out that there and all Bethany. kinds of... <laughs> I know. I mean, it really was like a flash. Like for three seconds, I was like, heck yeah. And then I was like, no, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. But I still really love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Because even when you try to play it for us today, we can dance. I know. We could. It's too slow for improv. (laughs) Well, that and I think you really just wanted to break out into your regular little. My little booty dancing. Little booty dancing. Yeah. Booty dancing. It's kind of like a combination of what is. What is. Is Amy Collum like the hooker omies or something where you got the really wide yeah. stance like hooker omies and then like some I guess you'd call them hooker dolphins then you toss your hair some you know and that's and it. like even just roll your neck yeah okay so <laughs> I just sit in amazement <laughs> <laughs> blessed be so yeah I'm really nothing to talk about that blog post I just was thinking about that and thinking Tempest would approve of my restraint 
Um, what else? Oh, completely random talking about not really related to anything. I was on Shimmy Sequins and Slippers, the blog by Foxy. And on her blog roll, like the stuff that she reads, I saw this blog, um, Hurricane Vanessa. And I was like, what's that? It doesn't sound, you know, shimmy-ish. And it's not. It's totally not Bellinus related. Foxy is in South Africa. And Hurricane Vanessa is a blog written by this woman, Vanessa Raffaele. Um, she's editor of South African Cosmopolitan, and she's got some other titles and stuff. But she writes this fashion blog. It has nothing to do with belly dance, but it's really funny. You should read it. Yeah, I, I subscribe to one fashion blog, but it's by a 14-year-old. <laughs> is that the one? Was that the 14-year-old that was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? I, How many 14-year-olds have popular fashion blogs? I don't know, but she's pretty awesome. She has, like, the craziest stuff on her blog. But she goes to, like, Fashion Week, and she's adorable. Oh, it'll be, like, dark gothic clothes in one picture, and then all of a sudden, like, a grandma sweater and a a candy cane-shaped ring the next day. It's, like, just ridiculousness, and I just love it so much. And I'm just like, oh, I remember the days. I used to dress all crazy. <laughs> I think the older I got, the crazier I dressed. So I don't know what that says about I me. I dress way weirder now than I did <laughs> when I was a kid. But of course, you know, when you're younger, to a certain extent, your parents dress you. So Yes, that's true. Well, and, uh, I was all about the overalls and the flannel. I was wearing flannel straight through when it was popular and then it wasn't popular again. And then it was popular again. I wear it all the time. You know why? Because it's awesome. <laughs> now, my mom would... um so close for me because uh <laughs> let's be honest we didn't have a lot of money so she would sew a lot of my clothes but she would uh she didn't use a lot of patterns so she would look at magazines for like adult style clothes and then make them for me mm -hmm. so i guess i was trendy for a kid but i didn't know that and neither did any of the other kids because i didn't look or dress like <laughs> if only they'd had fashion blogs when we were kids but alas, they, alas did not. they did not. No. We had to read magazines. Do you remember magazines? Anyway, so it's a cute fashion blog. <laughs> Obviously not related to anything. Most of this is probably going to be cut out anyway. <laughs> or make for some spectacularly boring outtakes. The last one I wanted to talk about really quick was by our pals in the UK, Sakura Tribal. Kate and Sarah. Yep. Yep. Um, she wrote... She, I'm assuming it's Kate. I, I think I always assume it's Kate. Kate, is it always you? Maybe it's Sarah sometimes. I don't know. It's just posted by Sakura Tribal. So it could be either of them, which blows my mind. <laughs> anyway, Sakura Tribal, Kate or Sarah, or Tribal Jane. Maybe she's gotten maybe. to the keyboard, <laughs> which is creepy because dolls coming to life is creepy. She wrote a post called Tribal Collaborations, Sweet. which is about the CD that came out from Wildcard Belly Dance, which is a collaboration they did with Arcane Dimension. And guess what Mary's holding in her hand right now? Oh my now. God, it's the same CD. <laughs> She's showing it to me. Right here. Look, I'll open it. There's even a CD in it. Neat. Yeah, look at that cover art. Ooh, they're Ooh, pretty. They are pretty. They're pretty coin bras and they're pretty <laughs> flowers in their hair. So that leads us into our first music spotlight. Sweet. You don't even have to ask me who we're spotlighting today. I know who we're spotlighting. I already led into it. So me and Tammy listened to the CD together because we do everything together. Hi-oh. Hmm. <laughs> <And laughs> we picked our faves, of course, our three faves. The first one we are going to listen to is The Feast of Dionysus. It was funny because when we started listening to this, we're both kind of hungry. So we're like, <laughs> let's pick the ones that have food in them. And there's a lot of them that you could relate to food. They've got um, Forbidden Fruit. They've got Feast of Dionysus. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. Turkish Sounds Morning, right. which makes me think of coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I like the smell. Ethos. And we have a vegan restaurant that's named Ethos. Um, dates and Spices. And for some reason, Golden Lotus makes me think of food, even though I don't think you lo eat lotuses. Do you eat lotuses? No, but it kind of sounds like a Chinese restaurant. It kind of does. The Golden Lotus. Delicious. <laughs> I could have some Chinese food right now. Uh, but the three that we picked, only two of them were food ones. 
the first one was Feast of Dionysus. It's kind of got this flamenco kind of Latin feel. Yes, it does. In, my, in all of my music wisdom, I will label it <laughs> flamenco in Latin. And uh, it's nice to be to totally, totally work awesome for a tribal. And part of the reason they came out with the CD, they did the collaboration, is to have um, another CD out there that was made specifically you know, for improv dancing, which is great because I love it when dancers work with musicians because then you know exactly what you're going to get. Like uh, Nexus Tribal, yeah. another one of our favorite CDs. A lot of the stuff, the Yard Dogs Roadshow and Zoe Jakes and Beats Antique. Beats Antique. Thank you. God, my brain just fell out of my head. <laughs> Beats Antique comes out with, it's like, you know, they're working with a dancer. There is a dancer who's one of the musicians. So it's like they've got that feedback right there. So, so I love it. Anyway, focusing, the first one that you're going to hear is Feast of Dionysus with that, that Latin nice upbeat. Good for improv. The second one we're going to hear is Forbidden Fruit, which starts out kind of creepy. <laughs> and then um, Tammy apparently wants to do just shoulder shimmies to this entire song. I think that she's thinking Forbidden Fruit equals boobies. <laughs> lots of boobies today. Lots, <laughs> lots of boobies and belly dancing. Oh, my gosh. This one's going to have a weird title. The last show was uh, Retroactive Salivating. (laughs) So that was Forbidden Fruit. It sounds uh, a little creepy and awesome. And then it picks up a little bit. It's got a nice intro to get you sort of started. The third one that was my personal favorite was The Flight of Morgan, who I'm sure is somebody in Irish, Scottish something lore, but I didn't look it up. I will guess that Morgan is the name of someone's Pegasus. And so, of course, Morgan flies. <laughs> You're welcome for this yip nice. thought, not based in fact at all. Or nice. even factual fiction. But I like it. Thanks. It's like your podcast fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we totally need a fanfiction page. What would people write? Insert laughter here. Insert laughter here. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I like the last one because it sounds very jiggish. It's got some bagpipes and some fiddle going on there. I love a good jig-ish song. But it's also super awesome tempo for improv. did you like the bestest i think um feast of dionysus that was the first one right yes that was the latin flamenco one yeah i really like that one it's because it's an awesome song <laughs> it kind of like popped right off right you know right up front it has hey. a cool in a beginning the yeah. beginning part is really really cool and catchy and of course you guys know the flight of morgan <laughs> Morgan the, pag- the, the, the flying Morgan, Pegasus. Morgan the, the Pegasus is my favorite one. <laughs> so big thanks for um, Siba of Wildcard for sending us a CD. And I hope you guys go buy it. Sakura Tribal likes it too. Yep. Yes, so they do. I like it and Tammy likes it. And Sakura Tribal likes it. So that makes four people at least. Go get it. Yep. You'll like it too. Jump on the train. Train and ride it. It's a choo choo. 
All right. So um, coming up right now, we're going to hear an interview with Anasma, who is, as you know, per my extremely awesome French accent at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> from France. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> um, Lotus Dance Studio had her down for an event and I spoke to her there. We were at a restaurant eating lunch. <laughs> you picked the most awesome I know. The, the restaurant was pretty much abandoned. It was a weird time to eat. It was like, I don't know, three or something. And we were both really hungry and she'd been teaching. So this was like her break. And I was like, okay, this is now or never. And so occasionally you'll, you'll hear cutlery or me going, oh, thank you. Or no, I'm good. But other than that, um, <laughs> or here it comes. Or you'll hear a door opening or something. So sorry about that. It's not as bad as the sound in the um, Ashar interview. <laughs> it's no gymnasium. Sorry. So here we <laughs> All right. So this is Mary with the podcast, and I'm here with Anasma out of New York City and also of Paris. Yes, exactly. And uh, before that, Vietnam and Tunisia. Yes, my, uh, my father is from Vietnam, and he moved uh, at the age of 29 to Paris to um, keep on with his... Uh, medical studies. He was a surgeon at the time. And my mom came at the age of 18 uh, when she started her medical school. And by the end of her studies, this is when she met my dad. And they fell in love. And they uh, they decided to, my mom decided to stay in France. She was supposed to return to Tunisia. And she stayed. So how did you not end up being a doctor with two doctors for parents? <laughs> well, you know, in the French uh, education, system in order to become a doctor you are selected on your math your uh, other things that are not which you're gonna need later on mm -hmm. as a doctor it's very competitive I had you know very good good grades at school but not in physics and chemistry and like I, I had a hard time with that so I decided to go into business studies and mm -hmm. I I took this to the end and I, I, I got a business management degree and now it's serving me a lot in my dance. So, and I feel connected to my, to both my parents and my sister also because um, anyway, <laughs> she's also a, a doctor, my sister, and I, I feel connected because I, I have a good body awareness. I still, you know, want to help people to feel good about themselves and myself about myself and, mm -hmm. and heal. So it's a, it's another form of medicine, I think, being a dancer. Now, I read in an interview, when you got interested in ballet dancing when you were 14, and you went to a, a wedding in Tunisia. Yeah, that was my cousin's. <laughs> yeah, he got married at the end of August 1997, but I got really like, touched by it, that particular wedding, mm -hmm. when we were at my cousin's, and we had so much fun, and uh, an amazing band came to play, and three performers that danced amazingly well. One of the guests also was stunning and mm -hmm. I got very inspired and I thought I already loved dancing and I thought after that maybe I should learn that mm -hmm. type of dance and uh, two weeks later I found uh, classes in my neighborhood and this is mm -hmm. how I met my first teacher was whom I stayed for seven years mm -hmm. before I even ventured uh, and to meet any other teacher in belly dance mm -hmm. I was studying other other dance styles but belly dance from then on mm -hmm. stayed uh, like one of the bases. So what was your first experience with dance? Uh, five years old, ballet. Mm -hmm. I tried piano, uh, theater. Theater now stays a lot in my work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then when when I discovered belly dance, it was like, mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. my thing. So you moved to New York in 2006. Yes. How, how soon was that after you finished your studies in, in business? I was just finishing. I was actually, my first six months in New York, I was still writing my my thesis. This switch in my head that I wanted to become a dancer started when I was 17 or 18. 17 and a half actually was the time when I was finishing my baccalaureate, which is mm -hmm. the, the the final test in, uh, in high school mm -hmm. in France. Once you have this, you, you can go to university or college. Mm -hmm. And I wanted after uh, high school to become a dancer. So I was already ready for that at this age, and my, my father refused. And uh, he said he would not support me at that time if I became a dancer. 
And at that time, I had uh, two examples of dancers that were not so successful around me. My, my first dance teacher had um, a hard time getting mm -hmm. money and getting gigs here and there. And, and then I had another friend who also had become a dancer right after high school and she had to, to be a server, like mm -hmm. a waitress. And she could barely make both ends meet and after two or three years she had to return to her parents and to have yeah. a home and you know like okay so I got scared mm -hmm. and I, I come from um, you know a relatively comfortable mm -hmm. um, standard of living and mm -hmm. I have, I've, I've received a great education because my parents have fought for my, my sister and I and mm -hmm. my sisters and I to have good tools and luggage to mm -hmm. carry on our lives and so he convinced me <laughs> mm -hmm. to continue my studies which I did and and I got in one of uh, the very good business schools in France after a national exam mm -hmm. but I still had my dance dream mm -hmm. with me and uh, as I was doing the business school I, I was exposed to working in huge corporations uh, I noticed it wasn't for me Mm -hmm. I had um, found a job I was doing for a year as a assistant product manager. I learned so much, but at the end of the day, I wasn't satisfied. It wasn't for me. And this is when the superstars came to France. I think it was October 2004. And when I saw them, it was like... <laughs> because they were doing the type of show that we were dreaming of with my, my mm -hmm. teacher. And so this is where I saw... Uh, Amar and Keishi for the first time mm -hmm. with Billy Queen. They had this flamenco duet, and then the show was very strong, very, very professional and well rehearsed. Mm -hmm. They had fusions of dance styles that I really was enjoying. This was my dream to fuse things mm -hmm. because I was studying different dance styles, and, and I, I'm a fusion baby, so mm -hmm. of course I'm gonna love fusion in my dance. And the last reason is that it was really good marketing. Mm -hmm. So my business mind was impressed as well by the beauty of the programs, by the fact that they were selling workshops at the venue, uh, by all the merchandise. I'm like, mm -hmm. man, we have so much to learn from the Americans. <laughs> I came back from that weekend. I took a, my very first tribal fusion workshop with Rachel mm -hmm. Bryce then, and I fell in love with her. And uh, I came back Monday morning mm -hmm. at the office, mm -hmm. and I told to my coworker, well, Nadia, I'll, I'll come back with Europe with a dance company one day, and I'll be touring Europe. I was 22 then. After the, the end of this experience, I finished my third um, year. So it was actually my fourth year of the business school. Mm -hmm. When I uh, got an email from my sister saying, hey, the Billionaire Superstars have an audition in Miami. Wow, let me try. Mm -hmm. Two weeks or and a half later, I was in Miami. I was noticed by Miles. I made a strong impression, but I was not ready for them yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had very good um, emotional development mm -hmm. and stage uh, presence, but the shimmies were small. Mm -hmm. And also I didn't learn as fast as they needed, mm -hmm. which for this show, you need to learn things in five days. Now I could do it, of course, now that I've, I understand how the American mm -hmm. uh, brain works and how to break down dance, mm -hmm. I can get it. But uh, back then, I was a, an experienced uh, semi-professional dancer, but mm -hmm. not ready for that. So they said, uh, come back in a year. Just mm -hmm. practice and do other things, take lyrical jazz, and mm -hmm. we'll train your memory. After Florida, I decided to stay and take a vacation. And I found myself in New York a month later. And I discovered, out of chance, on a website, the week, the end of the, the week I was in New York, there was the Belly Queen edition. Let me try that. <laughs> I went so relaxed. They kept us three hours, and uh, two days later I got an email from Keishi saying, okay, we, we want to have you. Please move to New York. I'm like, yes! <laughs> so, this is how I moved to New York. I came for Belly Queen and for my dream of becoming a dancer, and, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. A family who really welcomed me in New York, and I've always felt surrounded. And then things changed, and I developed my artistic vision, and, uh, and then our, our path divided. But I still keep a very good memory of everything that I had with Belly Queen, and we're, we're in good terms.
you uh, speak a lot about putting theatrical elements into belly dance and, and having a storyline and having a, a character. I think what is most important to me is uh, giving meaning to your dance or in general to your art. Creating something that touches people and other human beings because you connect with them by connecting yourself to your art and to your expression. So the dance technique to me is only a tool. It's only one way of saying what you want to say. Mm -hmm. So whether it's rock sharky or hip hop belly dance or uh, tribal fusion or yoga moves or uh, martial arts or flamenco or whatever mm -hmm. move or style you're going to use will bring a different facet out of you, a different face. We just have to embrace the ups and downs and the positive and the negative and using character work enables me to free myself from things that I don't like and just play with them. Mm -hmm. When I'm on stage, I'm another anasma mm -hmm. from the one you, you meet in real life mm -hmm. because I there's a magic <laughs> about this. It gives power and inspiration and vulnerability at the same time. I think being sensitive uh, and vulnerable is a strength. Mm -hmm. And this is what makes the artist, some artists uh, very touching because they enable other people to come in their space and in their life and vision and imagination. The devil, out of all the different characters I've created on stage, is a very special one because it really frees me. The devil card in the tarot deck mm -hmm. is about letting loose, letting go uh, of the control you want to have all the time. Just going crazy and silly and it's okay. Mm. You've trained in a bunch of different dance styles. What's the style that you found hardest to settle into when you started taking it? Or was everything just like totally easy? No, absolutely not. Flamenco gave me a very hard time. The very like first uh, two or three months, it was complicated. I still, I'm not sure I still understood the, the rhythms. Mm -hmm. uh, ballet gives me a hard time. Whenever I'm a beginner in some classes, it's very humbling. It's great. I just, mm -hmm. I love to be the student and to be challenged. If choreographies go super fast, if I take some hip hop, like commercial hip hop mm -hmm. classes, sometimes I can be challenged in that. Mm -hmm. Popping, isolating is easier, but then if you have to put everything together, coordinate, put mm -hmm. your memory like fast. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a slow learner. Mm -hmm. I learn slowly, so I need I need time for things to sink in my body. When I first started um, wushu martial arts, I was mega challenged. My memory just couldn't get the flow and the logic of it. And then the more I did it, and I. I practiced over and over, it became more natural. So where does Wushu originate from? Uh, it's a Chinese uh, martial art. It's the daughter of um, Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. uh, it is what Kata is to Karate. So it's like a form that you do and that you practice. Um, it is very visual in mm -hmm. the sense that you don't fight. You don't learn how to fight with like an actual like confrontation during mm -hmm. the class. We don't touch each other. The way it's performed or demonstrated is on your own and you imagine things, you use the space. But you have to imagine that you have enemies from the back, from you know above, mm -hmm. from in front of you, left, right. Um, and what I really love about it is uh, the lines. It's very aesthetic and uh, not necessarily what will protect you in a, in a fight. So you you learn how to do a stance that is beautiful to watch, but not, mm -hmm. not that will protect your knee if somebody kicks you in the knee, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not for self-defense. I still take what I can in the art form and respect what I have learned. And when I fuse, I'm careful. When I mm -hmm. teach uh, a fusion, I say, I'm not a master in this. I'm, I'm not a black belt. What I do, what I'm going to offer is a dancer, dancer's approach of what I've learned of this. What's your favorite belly dance prop? My belly dance prop that I love the most. Fans. Oh, and I love sword. To me, if I were to use them, they have to mean something as much as the rest of the dance. Mm -hmm. I don't use a prop just because, ooh, I want to practice fans and it looks mm -hmm. beautiful. It has to be a part of the character. Uh, the veil has to become your friend or your lover mm -hmm. or your enemy 
or your cover mm-hmm. or an umbrella or whatever it is like make it part of the visualization I think it's very boring to enter with a veil four counts of eight you drop it and then you dance I mean it's it was part of you know <laughs> it's part of the presentation and it looks beautiful but it doesn't bring anything to me uh, in my artistic soul mm-hmm. you know it, it satisfies my eye but it doesn't satisfy the heart mm-hmm. So just because I, I want to understand why 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 mm-hmm. why are you using mm-hmm. this or why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw a performance of yours online called a "Tribute to My Father," mm-hmm. um, and he passed away in 2003. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, would you talk about that piece a little bit? Yeah, of course. That piece was born in 2007. I was invited by Sarah Locke to perform in a one of her student showcases. I thought about what I really wanted to say, and I was about to dance on February 2nd, which is my dad's birthday. So four years had passed, almost almost four years since he passed away. I thought I wanted to dance for him. Mm-hmm. Th- this was a very important piece for me in my development as a dancer and my artistic vision, because this is when I understood what I want to say has to come from me and from my heart. Mm-hmm. And if I pick a theme, I always have to relate to it. That solo came from my emotions and you know the whole mourning process. And and now I'm able to, to talk about it right now mm-hmm. without crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it took a while mm-hmm. in the process. When you use theater and dance, you can use images that are powerful in your personal life or experiences that will inspire your dance or inspire to feel in a certain way and then you can use this and process it through your dance. So there's a part of it that's, um, one can say manipulative, but you can also consider it as a healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <clears throat> that, uh, that evening I thought about the different phases of the loss, there was the surprise and the discovery followed by the huge sadness and realizing what just happened to you. And then there's the, the anger. Mm-hmm. Why did you leave me now? God, why did you take my dad away from me? Mm-hmm. I'm only 20 years old and I have so many things to share with him. Uh, dad, I have things I have to solve with you and mm-hmm. we never got to talk about it, but mm-hmm. I'm still angry at you for many things. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, So that's a whole anger phase. Mm-hmm. And then there's the peace. There's the letting go. And it's it's not um let's say, you know, a timeline. It's it's not all regular on a timeline. This mm-hmm. is more like a in my real life I've had moments of anger, moments mm-hmm. of peace, and moments of anger again, mm-hmm. moments of peace again, etc. Mm-hmm. And moments of sadness. So it's like in the real life it goes in a cycle right. and on that piece it, it It makes a story that's understandable mm-hmm. and you can contain in four minutes. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a structured improv and um, and I toured with it for a while. It was very powerful and mm-hmm. uh, healing for me. And then after a while, I started not feeling uh, such strong emotions. Mm-hmm. I was looking for the strong moments in dance um, and that make the audience react. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting because I became the performer instead of feeling mm-hmm. like myself, the little girl, connected mm-hmm. to the actual story. And I retired the piece for a while. Uh, three years later after that, I, I did this piece in Spain and I thought, well, I feel healed. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there are also things that I'm still working on. How can mm-hmm. I use and relate to this piece, right? Mm-hmm. How can I use it now in my experience? Mm-hmm. So uh, this piece has been connected to another old piece now, and it's it's not called Tribute to My Father, it's now called Tribute to My People, mm-hmm. talking about uh, both people and immigrants, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a bit, you know, a dramatic version of mm-hmm. exile. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also about who are your ancestors and mm-hmm. how, how you carry them in you mm-hmm. and bringing them in your in your DNA. Mm-hmm. I created a thread from this to my, my father, that piece mm-hmm. to my father, and I will keep making it grow. We, in, in belly dance, we create a lot of four-minute pieces or mm-hmm. three-minute pieces or maybe ten minutes. Mm-hmm. 
you have to think big and start small and mm -hmm. be smart. <laughs> so this is what's happening right now. I'm, I have lots of little pieces that I'm allowing to grow into a 20-minute set or 25-minute sets that have a storyline. And I'm gonna grow, let them, you know, build them into 45 minutes, 60 minutes. I wanted to talk about your project on your market set dance. Yes. So this is a show that has performances at the beginning and then at the end of the show you get suggestions from the audience and even music from the audience? Yes. That's Now I can understand suggestions and go, okay, well, I've got a gin song that'll work with that or, you know, I'll play some Natasha Atlas or something, but it's like, it's crazy that you'll take their music too. That's That blows my mind. Logistically, I've discovered by doing this this show uh, four times mm -hmm. that it's it's it doesn't go very fast if you ask people's iPod for each song mm -hmm. because it just takes them to physically go up your chair mm -hmm. with other people, right. walk up the stairs, give mm -hmm. it to the technician, try to see if it hooks up and mm -hmm. then turn on the music. Right. Now it has become like the shuffle mode on any iPod. But it's cool to just take risks. Mm -hmm. Just just be in the moment and it's about having fun and not taking yourself too seriously and at the same time you can show you have dance skills by mm -hmm. still pointing your toes and staying mm -hmm. graceful with doing a funny face or yeah the message is, is really more about having fun through your dance and having fun as an audience and be present like mm -hmm. it's an experience where we're all here at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we're creating the magic and sometimes you know we have to accept magic is not taking and sometimes the magic is just amazing and now so the show is changing it has mm -hmm. it had a different name in each country mm -hmm. now it will become animal city that's the new name i am going to be co-producing it with a wonderful friend and dancer called zoe anwar and I'm excited. So you have a, a you major in production company, World World Citizen. Yes, is that World right? Citizen Dance. Mm -hmm. World Citizen Dance was born because I had that need of distinguishing different things, areas in my life, like mm -hmm. having two separate bank accounts where mm -hmm. I have you know personal money and then professional mm -hmm. money. And it's good to just have a separate entity, you know, that can mm -hmm. uh, take the legal risk. Mm -hmm. Was there any um, anything that you would? would like to share with our listeners that you haven't? Well, I would just finish by um, saying just have fun in your dance, enjoy the mm -hmm. moment, use your dance practice and your dance performances to, to heal yourself, to share with other human beings, to, to be in touch with your soul. Mm -hmm. Yep! Woot woot! Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's my yip. So that was Anasma, who was really, really sweet to talk to yeah, me. She, she had a very packed so schedule. Nice. And isn't her accent adorable? Loves it. I love accents. I know. I'm so shallow. <laughs> I love them. I really liked um, her story about like how she, she got into belly dancing. Like That's amazing to me. Like You take you know, basically some workshops and you're just hooked. And, and to leave this life that you already have behind to do belly dancing and to follow your yeah. passion. It's awesome. I love to hear what people do, you know, in real life as opposed <laughs> to their fake life as a dancer. Gosh darn them in their fake life. <laughs> but that's crazy. You know, she went through school. She was a business major. She had a, her whole life ahead of her. And then she thought, you know, what the heck? I'll just try this and see if I can pay my bills with it. I think yeah. that's amazing. And I didn't know that she'd auditioned for the Belly Dance Superstars. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, Tough audience. Yeah, I'm sure. So uh, do you uh, have more music for us? I do. You know, I've been in a bit of a music rut. I've been listening to a lot of stuff that has not been belly dancing. And then I wouldn't even think about belly dancing, too. So don't worry, Tempest. I was not having any ideas. Um, <laughs> she was really concerned. I could tell. I am having the best time on Spotify. Do you have Spotify? No. It's kind of like iTunes, but not really. It's kind of like Pandora. Yeah, that's what you know? I hear. But um, I love Spotify because you can listen to exactly the songs you want to listen to. You can pick the songs you exactly want to listen to, and you can put them in a playlist. And they have kind of the radio thing that Pandora does. I don't think their radio thing is actually as good as Pandora's. The mix isn't as good, I don't yeah. think. But it's nice because you can go, I want to listen to this exact album and listen to that. And, you know, they have, like, free option where you're going to hear some ads like Pandora. And then you have a paid option where you can skip the ads, which is what I do because I'm hooked on Spotify. Anyway, 
So I've been listening to all this random stuff on Spotify. I found some really cool CDs that I liked. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, this song is awesome. And then I'd listen to the rest of the songs and I was like, you know, maybe they're good songs, but not like ever workable for belly dance in any way, shape or fusion form. So um, (laughs) what the fusion? What the fusion? So this is going to be another hodgepodge type of type of thing. Two of them are actually pretty classic sounding belly dance songs. A little bit of flair put in there, maybe. The first one that we are going to hear, which I just love, is by Mohammed Fouad. And it's off the CD Best of Fouad, which makes me assume that it's on some other CD earlier on. But this CD um, came out in 2011. And this song is called Temeni Alek. And rough translation from the translation that I found on some random site is, um, you know, it's, a, oh my gosh, my heart's broken. I'm so sad and confused. I don't know where the world is taking me. Uh, please tell me what to do. My heart's full of love. I, you know, etc., etc. Lost love, forlornness going on here. Beautiful song. <laughs> song is the wacky one um <laughs> the wacky one it's called uh the early king e-a-r-l-i-e king by baby d and it's off this compilation cd called twisted cabaret volume one which is a really fun cd but most of the songs are like there's no way that's not gonna work and i just got so tickled by this song because it's based off of a german song i learned when i was in college called the um the Erlkönig. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Ish. Uh, our German listeners can correct me. But the basic translation of the, I think it translates to Elf King. Maybe. I don't think it, yeah. I think it translates to like Elf King. And it's basically like this dad is like riding through a forest on a horse and he's got his little young son on the saddle behind him and they're riding to wherever. And they're like, do, 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 do. And the kid's like, dad. <laughs> Dad, I hear the elf king behind us. It's freaking me out. And he's like, son, it's just the wind in the trees. <laughs> and the kid's like, dad, I see the elf king behind me. I can feel his cold breath on my neck or, you know, stuff like this. You know, and the song's all like. Make a noise, calm down. And like they get to their destination. And the father turns around. And his son is so let's hear some happy cabaret about it <laughs> so it's still i played it for you tammy it's still no, a little it's bit creepy happy. it's a loose-ish english-ish translation but i just got a tickle out of it because that was funny but it could totally work for a fusion fusion piece especially with like the kind of burlesque old-timey thing that's still kind of going on yeah I would be too scared to use it, but yes. Daddy, I can see him. His coat's so shiny. 
song to calm you down so you can sleep tonight <laughs> is um, called Saber. I guess it could be Saber, but I'm going to go with Saber because it sounds more romantic. <laughs> this is my bad Spanish accent. I should say Saber if I'm really Spanish. But anyway, it's by um, Omar um, k -Rot. I almost called him Omar Carrot. Uh, uh. <laughs> Sweet. It's by um, the artist is Omar Kerat um, ish. And it's off a CD that's really recent. It's called The Modern Woman, which already sounds like a weird album title. And then I heard this song first and I was like, oh my gosh, this song is beautiful. It's short, it's like two and a half minute song. And then I started listening to some of the other stuff and it was really weird. And random and strange, piano-y, modern-y sounding odd stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too judgmental. <laughs> but I really loved this one. three which one is your favorite my favorite is the first one i really love it you know why because it's really sad and heartbreaky it really is and it kind of makes me think of aisha which is another one of my favorites oh i love aisha <gasps> me too oh my gosh we're twins You can find out all the um, links on what we discussed today, links to the music that uh, Mary has brought up at our website, which is www.yippodcast.com. Uh, there you can also join our mailing list. You can subscribe to us there via iTunes or your reader. I use Google. Anyway. I also use Google. <laughs> it is a small world. <laughs> you can email us at email at yourpodcast.com. You can Skype us at your podcast. You can call us at 321-441-3933. You can check us out on Tribe at tribes.tribe.net slash yourpodcast. <laughs> check it out. out. Sounds so dirty. Check us out. Send me a note. <laughs> Drop me a line. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. By searching your podcast. Uh, let's see, what else can you do there? I think that's it. There's lots of stuff to do. On I mean, Facebook. you can you could uh, you can leave us comments on our blog post. Put questions on there. You mm -hmm. can totally. You can be our yip friends. Totally, <laughs> we'll be friends with you, <laughs> even if we never met you. I'll still be friends with you. Totally. So uh, yeah, so that's that's about it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> So well, <laughs> for this episode of your podcast, this has been Tammy. And this has been Mary. Yep. Mein Vater, mein Vater, und hörest du nicht, was König mir leise verspricht? Sei ruhig, bleibe ruhig, mein Kind. In dürren Blättern säuselt der Wind. Hey, that song freaks me out, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to play a little bit of the original one for our audience because it's pretty cool. It's got this like parallel octave thing going on in the piano. Wait till you hear it. You're going to love it. That's why it's an awesome song. Für den nächtlichen Rhein und wie 
Schweigen und Tanzen und singen dich ein. To make this work, we might be working with Elan uh, Rivière. He's uh, an amazing young dancer. Mm -hmm. He'll he'll be big. You'll you'll listen. A young he'll... dancer? Yeah. What is that? He's a uh, he's 18 years old mm -hmm. and he's a uh, oh young young young. Sorry, I thought it was like a country and I was just yes. too completely ignorant to know what it no, was. No, 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 that's fine, that's fine. No, 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 it happens. The, the other day, you know, I met a girl um, from Ireland and I couldn't mm -hmm. figure out, where's Ireland? And I, her, her, her accent was so American that I thought, you mean Ireland and somewhere in the, in the US? You know how you have Hollywood or you have Paris and Montpellier right. in the US, right? So I thought... Where is that? And I felt so stupid. And then she's like, you know, Ireland in Europe? Of course, I'm so sorry. Dem Vater grauset, er reitet geschwind, er hält in Armen das ächzende Kind, er reicht den Hof. Mit Mühe und Not in seinen Armen das Kind war tot.